morning. Merry Christmas. We um, we got a whole lot going on today. Are you ready? Buckle your seatbelts. So this is the Advent, the last Advent candle lighting, and it is the Sunday of hope or joy or peace or the Bible. That's right. It has not been codified. It's still all over the place. You look it up. Depending on which denomination the website is from, they explain different things, and it's just awesome. And what I love is that we can celebrate all these however we want, right? We can celebrate the hope. We've talked about hope. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. Personally, I saved peace for today because I think peace is like, you know, Thanksgiving is all about thankfulness. There's something secular, religious, whatever, across the board that people recognize Christmas as being a time of peace. You know, the... Uh, the story of World War One, where there were various truces across the fighting lines, there's peace. And it's so it's very appropriate that this is the day. So in Micah four, what? Seven hundred years before Jesus was born, Micah prophesied. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame, and I will gather those who have been driven away, and those whom I have afflicted. And the lame, I'll make a remnant. So all over the prophets talk about a remnant. There's going to be this chosen little group that I love, that I hold close to me, and he always calls them the remnant. He's going to take people that are lame and make it like weak and, and powerless and make them the remnant. All of them that were cast away, that were put out, will be a strong nation. The Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forevermore. And you, tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall come kingship, O daughter of Jerusalem. So he says this little line, tower of the flock. So we hear tower of the flock, and we know those are all English words, and we put them together, and there's a tower, and there's a flock of sheep, and it's a tower of the flock, right? Well, if you were in 700 BC, this would be like saying the Empire State Building. Empire is a word, state is a word, building is a word, and so we know that means Empire State Building. But we know the Empire State Building is this big, beautiful building in New York City, and we know exactly what it's shaped like, and you might even have a snow globe of it. You know the Empire State Building. So to the Hebrews, Tower of the Flock was a word, Migdal Eater. And it wasn't just any tower, and it wasn't about any flock. There was only one Migdal Eater. There's only one Empire State Building. So when he said... From the Migdal Eater, your Savior will be announced. They all knew right where that was. But we don't know where it is until we get to the next chapter. And in Micah chapter 5, he says, O you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you will come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. Whose coming forth is from old, of ancient of days. 
Guess where the Migdal Eater, the tower of the flock, was? In Bethlehem. Why in the world would you have a tower? Uh, to fight wars, right? To look for the enemy. Not in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was really close to Jerusalem. And King David, when he was king, he was from Bethlehem, right? He becomes king. And he's like, you know what? We need sheep for the sacrifice. We need spotless sheep without a blemish, without a bruise, without a cut. And my whole family is all shepherds. So we're going to make my family land outside of Bethlehem to be the royal shep- the royal pasture for the sheep that are used in the sacrifice. And so the sheep that were from there were the special sheep that were watched close and taken care of to make sure they didn't have any blemish on them. And then the priests could come from Jerusalem to Bethlehem really easy. There was a straight road there. And they would come and they would say, hey, bring us some sheep for the sacrifice. And they would go to the, they would look out from the tower and they would shout out, hey, there's a priest here. He needs some sheep. You guys, Larry, Ricky, bring me some sheep. And they would bring in some sheep and they would inspect it and they'd look at it. Oh, it is so beautiful. This sheep is perfect. Okay, this is the sheep we're going to sacrifice tomorrow. We don't want it to get hurt. And this is one of those things, you guys, this is so too good to be true. I was like, I don't believe this. I'm going to look this up. So I found it from a whole bunch of different sources. So that makes me glad. They take the sheep that they picked And they would wrap it up in cloth so that it wouldn't hurt itself. Because they're not going to let this perfect sheep walk all the way back to Jerusalem. Because what if it trips? What if it falls down? What if it gets bumped by a cart? What if it gets scared and falls in a hole? So they would wrap it up in cloth. And then they need a good place to lay this sucker down so it doesn't get hurt and doesn't get dirty. And they had these stone troughs that they would put water in to feed them and they would lay the perfect sheep for the sacrifice in the thing that held the food so that it would be safe so there's an estimated 5 million people in this whole region around the time of um this, this whole, after the Babylonian captivity, they all return, they build up again, Rome takes over, Rome, Roman rule, and it's all Roman, and there's 5 million people in this area. There's an estimated 250,000 sheep in this whole pasture land. It would basically go from Bethlehem to Jerusalem with sheep all over the place. And so... You'd be up in the tower and you'd be watching and you'd be watching the edges, making sure there were no wolves coming in or big cats. You'd be watching the sky, making sure there's no birds of prey coming down. There's shepherds all over the place taking care of these hundreds of thousands of sheep. So whatever we thought from cartoons, right? Whatever we thought from our Sunday school coloring pages takes a little bit different look when there's 250,000 sheep being watched when there are shepherds how many staff do you think how many people do you think you need to watch these flocks at nighttime 
They're getting ready for the Passover. It probably happened around the Passover. That's why they would be out at night um, helping the, the sheep. They're, uh, they call it calving. They're having baby sheep. And so that happens. The angel shows up and says, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For born this day in the city of David is Christ the Lord. This has been prophesied for 700 years. They knew this was going to happen someday. They were eagerly awaiting it. And they had their whole idea of what it would be like for the Messiah to come. And the angel says, here's a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And they knew exactly what that meant. Would you ever let your kid play around dangerous equipment? Right? I don't even let my kids outside when the neighbor mows the grass. You would never put a baby in the place of the lamb that's going to be sacrificed tomorrow morning. You would never put it in that spot. So, we've told, I mean, I've told the Christmas story dozens of times before, how weird it is to find a baby in a feed trough, right? Why would you put a baby here? But it makes total sense for why he came, what his purpose was, what he was doing, why he was born the Lamb of God. So all of those shepherds come and they see it and they see him wrapped in cloth and lying there and they know Everything in Isaiah 53 is true, that he bore our sins, he bore our iniquity, that he is the Lamb of God. Isn't that wild? And then Micah said in chapter 4, people are first going to hear about the Messiah from the tower, from the Migdal Eber. And it says in Luke 2 that the shepherds went and told everybody in the area about what they had seen. And... Everybody in the area, of course, you got a gazillion shepherds because you've got a gazillion thousand sheep, and they're going to cover that whole area. They're going to shout it from the tower. They're going to be excited. So, with that, their sins, they know that the Savior has come, and they know that He will be a sacrifice for all of us, just like the pure and spotless lambs that. Uh, that took that spot and lay in that place. All of the stuff with Mary and Joseph and the manger and the wise men and the nativity scene, that was all invented in 1200s by Francis of Assisi. Not discounting it, not saying it's terrible, but it does affect our whole story, right? As they, as they learn more things and they learn more about what people actually thought at the time. And that too. So... Micah, 700 years, says, I'm going to get the weakest of the weak, I'm going to assemble you together, and I'm going to make you a people. And this keeps totally in line with Jesus on the spirit on the, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor, and all of that, and it goes all the way through to, to, uh, to Easter. So, we can think about all that while we celebrate Christmas. Let's invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are so good and you are so consistently 
merciful and loving. And you have shown your power and your wisdom. And we praise you, Lord, for making the, just the fulfillment of all of your power and all of your wisdom that you would rescue us and make us a part of you and a part of your family and a part of your kingdom. And I pray that we would dwell on that today as we worship you and glorify you. You are great, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing number 100.